The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masichet Sota has been dedicated by our good friends and Talmud, Mr. Haimi and Dina Dana, for the success of their children and especially the Fuashirema Moshe Ben Dina. we are quoting from the Mishnah again the way the procedure was done on Yom Kippurim with the Kohen Gadol reading the Sefer Torah we learned in the Mishnah the Kore Aharemot the Ach Be'asor right they would read the uh, two parashiyot, he would read actually starting with a haremot, <coughs> which is in the book of Vayikra, and then he would go to Ach uh, Be'asor. Okay? Ach Be'asor actually is in Vayikra, Tezainat Parashat Emor. So comes Gavaran says, Urmini, we have a contradiction, Medalegin Benavi. The end medalegin, but Torah you're allowed to jump when you're reading the haftarah from one prophet to another, one parasha to another parasha. You can skip around. However, in medalegin, but Torah you're not allowed to skip and jump around when you're reading sefer Torah. So how does the kohen gadol go from one parasha to another parasha? So comes the Gemara and says, Amar Abayeh Lakashia. Which means, when do we say they are allowed to jump from one parasha to another parasha in the Sefer Torah? That's only if it's going to take time that the Turgeman is going to finish interpreting and you're not going to get to the next place yet. But if you're able to get there and roll the Torah by the time the Turgeman finishes, so therefore there'll be no hefsek, the Kohen Gadot can just pick up and continue reading, then in the Nechadami it'll be mutar as well. And since these two parashat are close to each other, Haremot and Emor, so therefore there would be enough time for the Kohen to roll it without having the Sibur make them wait. Look at the Rashi on the second line. ברשתו even in the Navi, that which we said you have to skip around, that's only what, so long as the Turgeman does not finish. It's mashma what, mechlal the Torah, klal, klal lo. It's mashma in the Torah, you're never allowed to skip, even if there's not going to be a hefsek. It's mashma in its condition of the Turgeman finishing is only a condition in Navi, but it's not a condition in 
the uh, Torah. So come and go and says, Ela marabaye lakasha. Okay, we'll give a different answer. Kan be'anyan echad, kan be'anyanim. Which means, that which we say that you're allowed to go from one place to another, even in the Sefer Torah, is talking about two parashiot, but are talking about the same topic. So, so long as the subject is the same subject, like in Kippur, most subjects are talking about Kippur, so it would be permissible to uh, jump from Maharemot to Emor. Kara over there, it says Asur which means even if you're able to do it within the proper time, but since it's talking about two different subjects, you're concerned that what? The people cannot listen good, because they're going to get confused. You're jumping from one subject to another subject over there, they're not going to understand it, and therefore the whole purpose of Torah is what? To teach, the people should understand things. But if you're going to read the Torah in such a way where you're jumping from one inyan to another inyan, you're defeating the whole purpose of what Torah is all about. In order to teach, and therefore the people are not going to listen. And therefore we're concerned that since they're not going to listen good, they might misinterpret a pasuk. So it's worse than that. You know, They might not only listen, but they might mishear, and that causes them to make a misinterpretation of the prescription. Therefore, when it comes to Sif and Torah, you cannot jump from one inyan to another inyan, even if you'll make it in time. But in Navi, since there's no halakhot really that come out of the Navi, so we're not so concerned, even if they make a mistake, it's not going to be the biggest thing. So, so long as there's no Torah Sipur, you'd be able to jump from one Navi to another. And now the Gemara proves this. It's not a question. This is a proof from the Braita. Torah, you can jump from the same subject to the same subject. And a Navi can go from one subject to another. In both cases. But so long as what? You don't delay, which is once the Meturgeman is finished, you're able to jump right in. But you're not allowed to jump from one prophet to another, which means a different book in a prophecy you're not allowed to go. Which means, you know, you, you have to jump to two subjects, but from one book of a prophet to a different book, that's already confusion. But today, Asar which is a, a book, a, a, a section of the prophets, and all together, you can jump from one to the other. But you can't go backwards. You can't go You cannot go from the end of the prophets to the beginning of the prophets. You can go forward, but you can't go backwards. So basically, you just learned another rule by Navi, that you're not allowed to jump from one prophet to another, one book to another, but in Asar, you're allowed to skip as long as you're going forward and not... Backward. Let's read the Rashi's now. Rashi says, "Ve'ad kama medalgim benavi kan be'anyan ehad medalgim beTorah kigon matitid tarvayu be'anyana yom kipurim." Now, Mishnah, both readings are related to yom kipur elkach medalgim. Therefore, it's no problem. Bechtesh lo yefsik so long as the beTorah doesn't finish. Ubanaita dektani dafu the bechtesh lo yefsik Torah and medalgim. And that what it said in the Brayta that by Torah. You cannot uh, jump from one parasha to another at all. Yeah, that's about with two subjects. <laughs> 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 
to start understanding another subject. So what's going to happen? Hilkach Torah, Hilkach Torah, Sham Mitzvot, Tenuyot Ba'asus, the Torah, the whole key is the Mitzvot, right? It teaches you Torah Mitzvot. And you're giving it to the Simu to hear it, so they'll understand it. He's not going to understand the pasuk good and he's going to forget it. What's going to happen? Which means it's going to come that he's going to come to transgress. It's going to bring destruction as a result of this. Even if the meturgeman is not finished, which means it's not going to be a Torah simur still. We don't want the people to mishear it because they cannot understand things that are jumping from one topic to another topic very quickly. And now the Gemara brings it that what? From Navi, you have to go from one topic to another. Which is considered one one book, so you can jump from one navi to another. However, but you cannot go backwards. What do you see in the Braita? That in a sefer Torah, in one inyan, you'd be allowed to go so long as there is no Torah. See what comes again. What I continue Right, he rolls up the sefer Torah after he reads the second parasha, and he puts it. Uh, let's say Behekon is and then he reads uh, the Perasha uh, in Bamidbar, and he says uh, that you should know that much more than I said is written in the Sefer Torah. What does he have to make that statement for? You don't want the, the people to cast aspersions on the Sefer Torah. Because they're going to come along and say, oh, it must be the Sefer Torah's personal. Why is he reading it by heart? So if he has to make an announcement, everything is in the Sefer Torah, even, uh, even what I'm reading, even much, much more than even I'm not saying is in the Sefer Torah. So that's just to make sure nobody will think that the Sefer Torah is Pasura. She says, People think that the Sefer Torah is Meshubash. Oh, so comes the Gemara and says, what's the problem? The Gemara says, why do you have to read it by heart? Right? Let him roll. Which means, let him roll the uh, Sefer Torah to the place and read it from the Sefer Torah. What's the problem over here? You can't do that. If you can't go to read Sefer Torah, Bisibur. Torah Sibur. You don't roll the Sefer Torah when the Sibur is waiting. Which is, if they were listening to the Mitur Geman, you're doing something. But just for them to sit there not doing anything and you're rolling the Sefer Torah, you don't do that. So the Gemara asks the obvious question. Veliti Sefer Torah Aharina Velikri. So take a second Sefer. Take two Seferim like we do. One for the Sefer for the first one and one for the second reading. Comes the Gemara and says, Avuna Bar Yudamar Mishum Pegamo Shel Rishon. You're worried if you're going to take a second sefer, the people that come along and say, must be the first sefer was Pasul, otherwise why are you taking a second sefer out? The Mishamom and Akish Amar, the Fishem Varachin Beracha, She'ena Sericha. Which means if you take out another sefer Torah, you're going to cause the Kohen to have to make another Beracha on the new sefer. Because he's the only one getting the Aliyah, he's the same one, it's different Sefer, quite that Shita, we have to make a separate Beracha. We don't want to cause extra Berachot, therefore just let him read it. Let's read Rashi. Rashi says, Mishum Pegamo. 
שספר תורה ראשון שלא יאמרו מצא בו פסול, אוקיי? And the second reason is over here, so it will not cause a ברכה של הסיליקן. Let's go one more paragraph. מי חיישינה לפגמה? What do you mean? Are you concerned about פגם? ואמר רבי יצחק נפל, ראש חודש תיבט שחל להיות בשבת. וראש חודש תיבט שחל להיות בשבת זה actually a three ספר תורה דה. You have a ספר for פרטת השבוע, you have a ספר תורה for ראש חודש, and it's חנוכה as well. So the Gemara מביא שלוש תורות. You take out three ספרי תורה וקורא אחת מעניינות של יום. First you read פרשת השבוע. ואחת של ראש חודש, the second ספר is ראש חודש, ואחת בשל חנוכה. So you see what? You're not concerned about Pegam. Okay, but our answer is the answer. That's because you have three different olim. So when you have three different people going up, you're not Moshe's for Pegam. Each one's reading from his own Sefer Torah. However, Had Gavra Betre Sefer Ika Pegama. But one guy reading from two sefarim, that's already people going to say, what's going on? So in the Kohen Gadol, he's the one guy who gets the Aliyah for both. So therefore, you're concerned with taking another sefer and the same one as up. Oh, it must be the first one was Pasus, so they brought another one out. But if another guy's getting another Aliyah, they know it's a separate reading, it's a separate... And now look at Nashi. Nashi says... <coughs> as you know, Nashi is... Straight forward comes the Gemaran Kitzu Mavarech Aleya Shemona Berachot. He makes eight Berachot on the Sefer Torah, which means the Berachah Harona is Notera Torah. That's the first Berachah. The Mishnah lists all the other Berachot. I mean, Tanu Rabanan Mevarchin Ala Torah. Okay, that's Asher Atanu Torah Torah Temet Kederek Shemevarchin BeBet Keres. Just like we make in the Bet Keres today. That's Asher Atanu Torah Torah Temet. The Quran makes that Berachah. That's the first bracha. Ve'ala avodah. That's the bracha of Ritzich that we have in the Amidah. Then we have ve'ala hoda'ah. That's the bracha of Modim. Ve'al mechilat avon. That's what we do in the Kippur Amidah. Tam bechaltan. Then we say melech, mohel, besoleh, al-avonotenu, etc. Kitiknan. That's all like the regular nosach that we have. Kitiknan. Ala mikdash b'fne'atzmo. Then he makes a special berakhah called Ala mikdash. The berakhah would be Asher v'ad b'mikdash. V'ala kohanim. He prays for the kohanim b'fne'atzman. It's a separate berakhah. He prays the berakhah b'ohir b'kohanim. God that chooses the kohanim. V'ad Yisrael b'fne'atzman. It's a b'ohir b'amo Yisrael. B'ayirushalayim. Then he makes a berakhah for Yerushalayim b'fne'atzman. It's a b'ohir b'yirushalayim. Comes the Gemara and says, and then the Mishnah concludes... והשאר תפילה, and the rest of the תפילה, תנו רבנן, השאר תפילה, what is this שאר תפילה over here? So in this תפילה it has תחינה, רינה ובקשה. It has תחינה is a supplication, רינה is like a song, ובקשה is request. שעמך ישראל צריכים לבשע. Where the Kohen prays, the Jewish people need redemption, they need salvation. Vechotem b'shomeya tefillah. And the berachad hatimav, that berachad sh'at tefillah is what? Shomeya tefillah. Mikan v'ailach, after the Kohen finishes the Sefer Torah. And all his berachot, kol echad v'echad mevi Sefer Torah mitok betor. The custom was everybody that had his own personal Sefer Torah, would bring their personal Sefer Torah to the Azara Vekorebo. And they would read from it. So now all of a sudden you had hundreds of Sefer Torah coming to the Azara in Yom Kippur. Vekol kachlama, why? Kedel narot hazuto narabim. In order to show the kavod of the Sefer Torah to narabim. Let's read Rashi inside. Tarun Banan. 
השאר תפילה זוי שיש פרחה אחת ובו תפילה, תחינה, רינה ובקשה. One תפילה, it has all these things included in it. מכאן ואילך, לאחר שגמר כהן גדול וכל פרשת ברכות, after he finishes reading the פרשת ברכות, ברכות, כל אחד מן הסיבור מביא ספר תורה מביתו לעזרה. וכסבר אין עירוב והוצאה ליום הכיפורים. You have to say that they all, you're allowed to carry on כיפור. So otherwise, how are you carrying the Sefer Torah? So this Shita must hold that the Isur of carrying does not apply to Kippur. Or some say that no, that you can make an Iruv in Yerushalayim because it's a walled city and at night they used to close the gates. So therefore, it's really considered like a private domain, so therefore they were allowed to carry. So it's about, look, either you don't need carrying mutar. Or it's eruv. It's it's it's, it's you're able to fix with the new because the doors because it was considered a enclosed reshut. Laharot hazutosh sefer Torah v'nuyo. So we bring the sefer Torah to the to the Beit Hamikdash to show the beauty of it. Tamar morze eliv anveu hitnaeh lefanav bemezuzot. It's also beautiful the mezuzot. The sefer Torah naeh the sisit naeh with a beautiful sefer Torah with a beautiful sisiot. Let's just read some of the halachot. That come out of this over here. Number one, Maran writes in Shulchan Aruch in Orachaim Siman Kuf Mem Dalid. Medalegin ben Navi. You're allowed to jump from one part of the Navi to another part of the Navi. The end, Medalegin ben Torah, mi parasha zu de parasha acheret. Which means from one subject to another subject. Kol medaleg, when you are jumping from one place to another, lo yeshim beduk ila kadeshi yeshim meturgeman targum. It's got to be within the time where the metargem finishes his targum. Lo amru she'em medalegim betura el b'shte anyanim. Tekevan she'devre turahim devre azharot u mitzvot. Hayshin ad shema mahmat she'yotsem m'shita l'shita t'tbalbel da'at ha'shom'im aval b'har anyanah kegon, kipur, ha'har אמות ואח בארסו שכהן גדול קורא ביום הכיפורים מדלגים אפילו שיש הפסק רב ביניהם והוא אפילו שיש הפסק רב ביניהם שיש הפסק רב ביניהם והוא שלא יקרא על פה שאסור לקרות שלא מן הכתב אפילו תיבה אחת. אוקיי, in the cases where you're allowed to jump from one עניין to another עניין, you have to read it inside the ספר תורה. בנביא מדלגים אפילו בשני עניינים. From נביא יגנוי from one topic to another, והוא שלא ישהה בדילוג מעניין שישים במתורגמן. You have to again, within the time of the מתורגמן, finishing his interpretation. והאני מילי בנביא אחד, but that's only in one book. אבל מנביא לנביא אין מדלגים. But you're not allowed to go from one book to another book of the נביאים. Furthermore, ובתרעשר מדלגים מנביא לנביא, ובבת שלא ידלג מסוף הספר לתחילתו. Good. אין גוללים ספר תורה בסיבור ובנקבות סיבור. You don't roll the Sefer Torah to its place in the Sibur, שיהיו מצפים ודוממים לכך. People are just going to sit there quiet. Now, ואם אין להם אלא Sefer Torah אחד, but if they only have one Sefer Torah, והם צריכים לקרוא בשני עניינים, כגון שבת, ראש חודש, או ביום טוב, גוללים וידחי כבוד סיבור. You have no choice. You have to roll it, and what are you going to do for the כבוד סיבור? Which means, we're not going to skip the reading uh, as a result uh, of this. We're not going to say, We're not going to say, read it part because of the Sovir. You can assume in this case, Sovir is going to be mochel on their kavod. Comes the halakha and says, Rosh Chodesh Tevet. 
שחליו בשבת, בסוד הגמרא, מוצאים גימל ספרים. אוקיי? We read six in the פרשת השבוע, then the second one is just חודש, we read one, then we read the מפסיר in חנוכה, that's following the rule of תדיר. תדיר ושינו תדיר, תדיר קודם. פרשה is more frequent than ראש חודש, and ראש חודש is more frequent than חנוכה. אין קוראים לאדם אחד בשני ספרי תורה, which means you don't use two ספרי תורה for one person. בין בניין אחד במשני עניינים, because it looks like you're giving דופי, you're casting aspersions on the first ספר תורה to say it is פסול. However, if there's a sick in between, where each person is getting their own עלייה, you're allowed to take out the uh, three ספרי תורה. That's what Maran writes as well. And the Mishnah... Continues. We learned in a previous Mishnah that talked about Parashat HaMelech. And the Mishnah said that Parashat HaMelech is said Belashon HaKodesh. Now what is Parashat HaMelech? So let's just review a little outside. Every seven years, we know, is the year of Shemitah. Motsa'e Shemitah, which means the Tishri after the seventh year, means going into the eighth year already, on the holiday of Sukkot, all the people, that means men, women, and children, would converge to Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, Eid HaKodesh, the Benevit HaKonin, and they would gather on Cholam Eid Sukkot, and it was there that the king, specifically from uh, Yehuda, the Davidic dynasty, would read the Sefer Torah. <clears throat> You actually read a different parashiyot, and the Mishnah is going to tell us exactly how this procedure was. Parashat HaMelech Ketzad, Motsa'e Yom Tov HaRishon Shel Chag, Pashimini VeMotsa'e Shevi'it. It's a lot of words here. Motsa'e Yom Tov HaRishon Shel Chag, that's the, uh, the night after Yom Tov Rishon. Of Sukkot. In Israel, they only have one day of holiday. Chag is Sukkot. So, Motsa'e Yom Tov Elishon, which will be really be the first night already of Cholam <coughs> of Sukkot, Beshemini, on the 8th. The Gemara is going to ask a question. You just told me it's on the first day. Motsa'e Yom Tov the first day. Now you're telling me it's the 8th day. We'll wait for the Gemara for that. <coughs> the Motsa'e Shemi'it, in the year after the Shemitah, they would erect for the melech, that is, a platform made out of wood, and that was placed in the Azara. <clears throat> now, even though normally you're not allowed to build a structure in the Azara of the Beta Megdash, that's only a Binyan Kavua, it's only a permanent structure, but this was a temporary structure, and the king would sit on the mima. At the end of seven years, and I'll continue the pasuk, Sukkot, and now the Mishnah tells us the procedure. Chazan HaKeneset, which we learned earlier, that's another way of calling him the Shamosh. Notel Sefer Torah. He takes the Sefer Torah v'notna l'rosh HaKeneset. And he gives it to the head of the Keneset. We would call him the Mesader. That's the one that uh, was in charge of 
giving out the aliyot and the different uh, honors. And then it says, the Rosh HaKeneset Nutna Lasegan. The Rosh HaKeneset would give it to the vice Kohen, Lasegan Nutna Lechohen Gadol, and then the Segan would give it to the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen Gadol, Nutna Lamelech. Then the Kohen Gadol would give it to the, to the king. The Amelech Omed, at that point the king would stand, Umekabel, he would receive the Sefer Torah from the Kohen Gadol, Vekore Yoshev. But he would sit down and he would read the Sefer Torah sitting. Again, normally it's Kavod Sibur to stand when you're reading the Sefer Torah, but you have to keep in mind that we're dealing with a king. And therefore, Kavod HaMelech, the king sits while he reads the Sefer Torah. And now the Mishnah tells us about a, a specific king by the name of Agrifas. Agrifas was from the kings of the Hashmonaim, and uh, according to the tradition, there was actually two Agrifas. This is talking about the uh, Agrifas uh, that lived at the time of the destruction. In any event, uh, the Mishnah tells us, Agrifas HaMelech Ahmad Vikibel. He received the Sefer Torah when he was standing. Vekara Omed. And he read the Sefer Torah when he was standing, even though we just learned that the king would sit. And the Hachamim praised him for that. When he was reading the Sefer Torah, and he got to the Pasuk, that you're not allowed to appoint as a king a stranger, and the end of the Pasuk says, that does not come from your brethren, you're not allowed to appoint a stranger as a king. He started to cry. Tears started coming down his eyes. Why? Because really he was uh, from the family of Hordos. Hordos was a goy. His father was from not Jewish descent, but his mother was Jewish. So they told him the Hakamim, Amrullah, the people, Al Titiare Agrifas. They told him, Don't worry. Nothing to worry about over here. Ahinu Atta, Ahinu Atta. You're our brother. Which means since your mother is Jewish, you're considered Jewish, and you have nothing to worry about. You are considered a king. Look at the Rashi now. Rashi says, just regarding Agrifa San Melech, Melech Israel Ayam Bizar Oshel Hordos, Behusha Nehira Beta Midash Biyamab. That's the one that the Midash was destroyed in his time. Zalgu Ainab Dimaot, he started tearing. They told him, Ahinu Atta, you are brother, Sheimom Yisrael. His mother was Jewish. Now the Mishnah goes on to tell us the procedure of what was read. So the king starts at the beginning of Devarim, and he goes all the way to uh, the Shema. It's actually from Perik Aleph and Devarim, all the way to Vet Hanan, Perik Vav. The Shema... From Shema, he goes to Vayayim Shamawa. That's in Parashat Ekev, Perik Yud Aleph, which Parashat Vayayim Shamawa. Then he skips the Perik Yud Aleph, which is the Parashat Aser Te'aser. That talks about the Mizrah giving the entitlements to the Aniim, Aser Ani, and all that, the different Matanot uh, that one has to give from his field. And he reads in Perik Havad, Ki Techalel La'aser which also talks about the Mizvah of Tzedakah and giving the Ma'asir to the Anim. Now, after that, 
he goes back to Perik Yudzain and reads Parashat Hamelech. That's the Parashat Shofetim that talks about the Medrava appointing a king. And then he goes to the Berachot and the Kelalot, which talks about the covenant, which we talked about that the Jewish people accepted the Torah under the uh, covenant. So basically that's the order uh, of the reading, Ad Shigomer Kola Perasha. So he finishes uh, the entire Perasha. Now, which means uh, the Berachot and the uh, Keralot, he finishes it's Perakim, actually, Chavzayim, the Chavchet. In any event, uh, Al Mishnah has the order as such, but let's read Rashi, you're going to see Rashi had, must have been had a different text, because you have a different order of the reading. Let's read Rashi, first wide line. He reads it to Shema, he skips. He skips from Shema and Etchanan to Vaya in Ekev. Umisham medaleg leaser teaser. Then he skips to aser teaser. Umisham medaleg vekroki tichalel leaser. And then he reads the anyan of the maasrot. Uberachot uklalot. And then he reads berachot uklalot. So according to Rashi, it's the berachot of the talk about giving the maaser. Then the berachot and the kedalot. Umisham chozel mafleya vekore asima alai melech. And he goes back to the parasha of kings. So according to Rashi, he ends with the parasha of uh, Shofetim that talks about appointing a king. Whereas according to the Mishnah's text, it finishes up with the Berachot and the Kedalot. Then Rashi tells us the purpose of all these readings. Shema Kabbalat Malchut Shamayim. V'ayam Shamoah Kabbalat Ol Mitzvot. Shema is accepting God, and V'ayam Shamoah is accepting the Mitzvot. Kedamad Pereshri the Berachot. V'chen Berachot Uklalot Kabbalat Meritot Shel Torah. That's the acceptance of the covenant of the Torah by the Berachot Mekelalot, and they tell the Sibur as well, because that's the time of the harvest, so court time, you have to remember, what do people do with the, at the harvest? They collect all their, their, uh, their product, and therefore, it was fine to give the 10% to the Hanayim, and give the Kohen the Tiruman, the Levi, Ma'afrot, so therefore, it's the right time to read these parashiyot in order to remind the people of their obligations. Okay, then she just says, Even though parashat is in between the two parashiyot, she says, you want to read them together. Then we read them both together. Then they read parashat ha-melech. Oh, now you can ask a question. We have a problem with it. You're skipping all over the place. We just learned on the beginning of this da'af that when it comes to Sefer Torah, you're not allowed to skip if the uh, skip if the rolling is going to take time after the interpreter has finished his interpretation. Because you don't want the sibur sitting still. So that she has a question over here. How are you going to start rolling from one parashat to the next? It seems these parashiyot were far from each other. So that she answers, En la melech turgeman, the end the targemin achalav. So that she answers, well, the king did not have an interpreter. There was no interpretation when the king read. So how does that answer the question? So the Mepharachim explained like this. When do we say that you can't skip <coughs> from a place that's far away where it's going to cause the sibut to have a Torah? That's only where you already had an interpreter so that's a, you already have a Torah, you already have to hear the interpretation, you don't have to sit still and wait till you turn it. 
but by the king, there was no interpreter. So they didn't have to waste that time. I shouldn't say waste, they didn't have to expend that time for the interpreter. So they, in that case over there, they, were out, they could sit still for a little while until the Sifra is turned. She's the only time they were concerned about Torah Simur is when you have an interpreter, plus now you have to turn the Sifra to the right place. But without an interpreter, like in the case of the king, the Kachemi were not concerned about that little amount of Torah Simur. In any event, the Mishnah continues and says, which means, just like we learned in the previous Mishnah, that on Yom Kippur, the Mele, the Kohen Gadol, that is, blessed eight Berachot, so too the king on that Medvah uh, Hakil also makes eight Berachot. Ela shenoten shoregalim tachat mechilat avon. Well, instead of the Berachah mechilat avon, which is not Kippur, obviously, so you're not going to say mechilat avon, so he says the Berachah of Asher Bahartan Mikol Amim and his Hotem, the Kadesh Israel, Bazimanim, instead of Menik Muhammad Surah Lavonotani. So obviously that is one difference. Uh, furthermore, uh, we should note that in the last Mishnah, we didn't make this point, but we'll say it now. In the last Mishnah, when it said the Kohen Gadol makes eight Berachot, if you count it, really the Mishnah listed nine Berachot. The ninth berachah was al-sha'ar tefillah, which we said was shomeyah tefillah. And so I saw the Farshim bring down that it's really only eight because they're not counting the first berachah, which is notena Torah. Notena Torah is the regular berachah that everybody makes when they go up to the Sefer Torah, when they come down. So that berachah is not counted. They're just uh, counting eight berachot from that one. In any event, the king makes the same berachot as the uh, Melech, as the Kohen Gadol, that is, except he switches uh, the Kippur Berachah for a Yom Tov or for a, um, for a holiday Berachah. Mekadesh Shra'el says the man. Come to Gemara and says, we learned in our Mishnah that what? They would do this with Zavah Kiran, Motsa'e Yom Tov Arishon Shel Hag, Bashimini. So the Gemara says, Bashimini, Sarkat Atach. What do you mean on the 8th? You just told me you do it on Motsa'e Yom Tov Arishon. It's not doing on the after the first day, not on the eighth day. So comes the Gemara and says, Emma Bashiminit, which means in the eighth year. That's what it means. The Shiminit in the Mishnah doesn't mean the eighth day, it means the eighth year, meaning after Shemitah, in the beginning of the eighth year. Now the Gemara is going to analyze the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Likir Sheva Shanit, at the end of seven years. In the Mu'ayat Shanat Shemitah, in the year of the Shemitah. On the holiday of Sukkot, the Hagan Sukkot, Bevo Koisidra of Pinashim Lecha, the Gemara says, Prechon Hani Lamadi, which means, what do you need all this terminology? Niket, Shanata Shemitah, the Moed, Hagan Sukkot, which means, just say, after seven years, and then all that, we know that's the eighth year. What do you have to be so specific with Pasuk? So come to Gemara to the city, you need all these simani, you need all these signs. Why? The Ikatav Rahmana Miketz. Meaning, if the Torah just went around after seven years, that's when the Jews have to go up to, to Yerushalayim and start making this mitzvah Hashta. I would have said, maybe start right away. I mean, once the Jewish people come to Eretz Israel, that's after the four years they were in the Midbar, start the clock, seven years starting from, from then. Now, we know that the Jewish people do not observe Shemitah until 14 years later when they entered Israel, seven years they fought wars, and then seven years they divided the land, 
And after that, they went to the Shemitah. So you would have thought, if I just would have said after seven years, I would think maybe right after the 40 years, when you come into Israel, Israel, right away, seven years later, you start. <laughs> Even though it's not Shemitah yet. <laughs> That's why I said, Even Ahmanah, Shemitah. That's what Torah is telling me, Shemitah. Now, the Ikatav Rahmanah, Shemitah. Now, if the Torah only wrote the year of the Shemitah, without writing, Bimu'ahid, Hava Amina, Besof Shemitah. I would have said, okay, at the end of Shemitah, meaning, in, um, you know, at the end of Shemitah, which is, let's say, in Elul, which is the end of the Shemitah uh, year, the last month of the Shemitah, I mean, that's when you would do it. Katav Rahmanah, Bimu'ahid. So that's to tell me on the holiday. If I just would have said Mu'ahid, I would have said maybe it's Rosh Hashanah, because Rosh Hashanah is also called a Mu'ahid. That's what I have to say on the day of Sukkot. If it would have just said Yom Tov Acharon, I would have said that maybe you do the Mizrah Vakir even on Shemini Atzeret. Katab Rahmana Bebo Kol Yisrael. The Torah says, that when all the Jewish people come to Jerusalem, when do they come? That's when they come to the Beit They don't come at the end of the holiday. They come at the beginning of the holiday. They both call Israel. So all these simanim uh, in the pasuk are actually necessary to tell me exactly when the uh, uh, the hakel is. Let's read. Um, Let's read the top Rashi on the Amud Bet. Me'emat the Matchil Mo'ed. Right? From the time that the Mo'ed starts. Umiyu biyom tov lo. Now, if you tell me from the beginning of the Mo'ed, you cannot make the Hakil on the first day, because the first day is Yom Tov. So why can't you make it on Yom Tov? She'en tikun abdima dochel lo et Shabbat velo Yom Tov. Which means, because remember we learned you had to construct the bima. You had to construct this... Uh, this um, Bimah, this uh, uh, platform. And you can't construct on Yom Tov. The construction is not Duchay Yom Tov. So why don't you make it on Eid of Yom Tov? You're going to make the Azara too small. People aren't going to be able to walk around. So therefore we, we don't want to make a Torah for the people to build the Azara before. So therefore they would wait till Mutsa'i Yom Tov, meaning the beginning of Cholam Wa'id. The reason why they would push it off, let's say, when the Holam the first day would come on Shabbat, the Kaama of Neha Bimah. Take us to the Bimah, because that are constructed. Bin Abdam, it mold. Why don't you do it the day before? We couldn't make it before, again, because of the amount of the space that would take up. It would be too crowded in the Azara to do such a, such a thing. <coughs> in any event, comes the Yamaran continues. We learned in the Mishnah, the Hazan Keneset Notel Sefer Torah. They don't know the Rosh Keneset. We said the Rosh Keneset gives them a Sagan. The Sagan gives them to the Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol gives them to the King. Shmat Mina, Cholkin Kavod Tamid, and Komaram. Here we see that what? That it is permissible for one student to give Kavod to a bigger student even in front of the rabbi. Because you see over here that the younger students, for example, the Sagan, giving kavod to the Kohen Gadol by giving him the Sefer Torah in front of the king. So you see from here that what? You can give honor one student to the other in front of the rabbi. And, you, and, you, and we don't say that's considered a zilzul. It's not considered a disrespect. Comes the Gemara and says, no, 
אמר ביה כולה משום כבודו דנלך. All this protocol on the contrary is for the honor of the king. As we explain, because they want to show the king that nobody is higher than him. So when they go in stages, first the, uh, you know, starts with Hazan Bitzkenes, then you go to the Rus Bitzkenes, then it's Sagan, then Koran Gadol. So all that is really to give kavod to the king himself. The king stands and receives the sin Torah, Yoshev, and he reads the Torah sitting. <coughs> However, Agrifas HaMelech Amat, the Kibel, the Kara Omed. Agrifas the king, he received the Sephatra standing and he read standing. So comes the Gabbana and says, Omed. It says uh, that he stands, Mechlal the Yoshev. Mashma, that until that point, he was sitting. Now, this is not a question if it's talking about Malchut Ben David. Because we know if the kings of Ben David, they will have to sit in the Azara. That's not a problem. The question is on Agrifas. Agrifas stood up and received the seventh Torah. That means he was sitting. But what do you mean? Amar more we learned. In Yeshiva Ba'azara, Eda Lemalchim, Ben David Bilbaat, Shnei Amar, Vayavu Amir, Vayeshev Levnei Hashem, Vayomer Vigomer. Which means, <coughs> how then did Agrifas, who was not from Malchim Yehuda, how was he sitting in the Azara? Again, because it says when the Sefer Torah came to him, he stood up. Uh, what do you mean? But how was he able to sit in the first place? When it says that he was sitting in the Azara, it's not the Azara, the courtyard of the Beit HaMikdash that's holy. Allah talking about the Azat Nashim, which is not sanctified on that level, and therefore he was allowed to sit. Comes the Gemara and says, well, Agrifas remained standing when it came to reading the Sefer Torah, and the rabbis praised him. Sounds like he did a good thing if the rabbis praised him. What do you mean? We learned the name of Ravashe. Which means we have a law that says, that a president, if he wants to forego his honor, he wants to be mochel on his kavod, he has a right to do that. But a king is not allowed to be mochel on his kavod. He has to remain in a high esteem, in the eyes of himself, in the eyes of the people. Like the pasuk says, so tasim the king has to be placed over you, which means that he acts in a way that the fear of the people is on him. So the question is, how did Agrifas Mochelen is kavod? And he stood, he should have sat. Which means in order to show the kavod of the kingdom, even Agrifas must maintain the kavod of the kingdom. And he cannot be Mochelen. Therefore he should have sat. Why did he stand when he read the Sefer Torah? And why then did the rabbis praise him? On the contrary, he might be in a way belittling the kingdom that he has no right to do. Kamala answers Shani. You're right. Normally a king cannot be mochel, it's kavod, but that's only on mundane things. But when it comes to a mitzvah, for example, this case where it's kavod at Torah, in order to stand, when he reads the Tzeta Torah, it is indeed permissible. Mishnah continued, When he got to that part over there that says, that you're not allowed to put a stranger as a king, you cannot appoint a stranger as a king, so he starts crying, so what did the people tell him? Don't be afraid, Agrifas. Achinu atta, achinu atta. You're our brother, you're our brother. Tana mishemed rabinatan. Beotah sha'at. That time, that moment, 
that the Jewish people, they told Agrifas, you're our brother, you have nothing to worry about. At that time, the Jewish people were Hayab destruction, which means, even though it's just Sun'ei Yisrael, the enemies of Israel, it's a way of saying the Jewish people, we don't want to say it in a you know, affirmative way, so we say it the opposite way, but it's referring to the Jewish people, they were Hayab destruction. Why? Because they false flattered him. Now, why did they false flatter him? They were saying, you know, you're our brother, you're worthy to be king. And really, he was not worthy. Why was he not worthy? Because the Pasuk says, And uh, really, even though technically his mother was Jewish, but uh, some of the Nishonim want to learn, it's not that we to appoint him as a king because his father was from a Mishpah of Anadim, of slaves, even though his mother was Jewish, so therefore it's like a bizayon for the Malchut. But according to those Yishonim, it's Masfah. Really, it's Mutad, it's just not proper. So then Tosafot answered those Yishonim and says, what do you mean, it's not proper, but it's legal, so why would God punish the Jewish people to such, a, to such an extent that they were Hayab Kelayah, destruction, because they false flattered them. So Tosafot wants to learn that that which the Torah says, Ekerem Achecha Tasim Achecha Melech, which means they explain like this. When do we say it's enough to have the mother Jewish? That's only, let's say, for other positions. For example, to become a, a governor or a mayor or a president of Christ's land. But to become king, king, you need to have both the mother and the father Jewish. And therefore, he was not that to be king according to the Torah. And therefore, this was a situation where the Jewish people false flattered him when they told him, no, you're okay. It wasn't okay. He wasn't willing to be the king. At that point, they should have told him, you better step down. You're doing an avon. But of course, they false flattered him. So therefore, the Jewish people were chayav. Amar bishimon ben chalafta. Miyom shigavar From the day that the strength or the power of false flattery became strong in the time of Agrifas, what happened? All the judgments became perverted because what was happening? False flattery became very prevalent, and the judges were now false flattering the litigants. And now, what happened? People were getting away with making sins because the gedolim were looking at the people that were making sins, and they didn't rebuke them because again they were false flattering everybody. And nobody was able to tell his friend in that generation, my deeds are greater than your deeds. Because since there was no rebuke taking place, so what happened? Every, as the generations went on, they were learning more corrupt deeds. And everybody ended up becoming So nobody was able to tell each other, I'm better than you, because they all became corrupted. And all that was because why? Because false flattery was rampant. And now the Gemara is going to go on to tell us how bad it is to be involved in false flattering people. To the wicked people, it's mutar to false flattering. It says in the times of the Mashiach, that's what the Mashiach She's no more, you're going to have to call the Naval, which is the low-life person, a Nadiv, a generous one. Which means, and you're not going to have to call the 
Mikilai, and she says that somebody that likes to drink wine, like a drunkard, you're not going to have to call him Shoah, which is like a master. Which means, in this world, unfortunately, you have to force father the Shaim. You have to protect yourself. You don't want them to rebel. They force father them. So you have to call the wine guzzler an Adon, and you have to call the Nabal an Adiv. Ikhlaz, the Be'olam, the Shari, implying that in this world, before Mashiach comes, it is indeed permissible uh, to force fire. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that you can tell them that their bad deeds are good. You can't uh, make from bad good. That already is uh, definitely absolute. It just means over here that you're allowed to respect them. That, that's the false flag that we're talking about over here. You're allowed to respect the Rishayim, albeit that they have their deeds. Rabbi Shimon ben Nakish Amar Mehacha. Rabbi Shimon brings an interesting proof. How do we know that you can give respect to the Rishayim in this world? He brings an ayah from Yaakov Abinu. Remember when Yaakov Abinu met Esav after you know, all those years that they were uh, away from each other. So he comes along and he says, he says, looking at you is like looking at the face of an angel. So what do you see? He gave him such a kavod. So you see, you're not the false father of the Shaim. That which the Bishwam and Akish just said, that Yaakov false father the Esav, that goes against the way to be living. You want to know exactly what Yaakov was doing to He gives an understanding through an analogy, a mashal. A guy, let's say, uh, invited his friend to a sa'udah. Uh, oh, and then the guy notices that this guest that he invited is actually plotting to kill him. So the, uh, the guest, which means, he in, let's go again, he, a guy invites his friend, right, and all of a sudden the uh, fellow realizes that the uh, guest wants to, that the, guy, the guest now sees that the Malabai is going to kill him. So Amar no, so the guest says, Ta'am tafshil zeshani to'em ketafshil shetta'amti bebet ha'melech. Yeah, you know what? The food that you're serving over there is the same food that they serve in the palace. It has the same taste. Hamar. So what does the uh, the host say? Malka. Oh, this guy knows uh, the palace. He knows what's going on in the palace. He said the food over here tastes like the food by the king. Mister He gets scared. He doesn't kill him. Which means that the tactic that the guest uses over there to make believe as if he's connected with the king is oh, the food over here tastes exactly like the food that I eat in the palace. So the same thing Yaakov Abinu wanted to do with Esav uh, over here, which means he's trying to scare him. He's saying, oh, you look like, uh, like an angel. He was trying to really say, I know what angels look like. And therefore he was trying to intimidate Esav in order that he gets scared that he shouldn't start up with Yaakov Abinu because he knows that he can use the power uh, to, in the, to, you know, to bring angels uh, against him. Amar bin Azar. Anybody that has this midah of false flattering, he brings anger to the world. The prayers of a hanfan are not answered. Which means, when Yisurim are going to come on these people, their crying and their prayers are not going to help.
Has a Gemara continues. Actually, we should read the Siman. There's a Siman to remember the next statement. We go one at a time. Anybody that has even the embryos in the mother's stomach in the womb, curse the guy out. The guy that tells the Rasha, you're a Sadiq. They would means to be cursed. Shana'im said that the Jewish people, God does not want to curse them, but the word he uses kabo. The end leom when it says in the pasuk yikevu amin is amuhu leumin ella ubarin. That's referring to children that are in the uh, womb. Shen emaru leom milom yemat. That was by Yaakov Abinu that and Yisav that talked about the two nations that were in the mother's womb. So it refers to them as leom milom yemat. So you see the word leom is an embryo. And the pasuk says, "Yizamuhu leumim," and even the embryos curse the hanfan out. Amar bilazan kol adam sheishbo hanufa. Anybody that has this midah for slattering, nofel begehinam shneemar hoy omrim la ratov. Woe to the people that say to the bad that it is good. Vilatov la, and the opposite to the good, they call bad. Ma ketiv aharav. What does it say after that? Lachem keechol kash leshon esh lachashash lehava yirpeh. Which means, this is referring to the fire. Which fire? The fire of Gehinam. Comes Gevran says, Ve'amal bil azat kola machanif lachavero. Anybody that's machanif, some of the girsah v'hinar chavero, some say kola machanif lanashah. Anybody that falls flatters the evil man, sof nofel biyado. Interesting, which means he's going to end up falling in his hands. You false flattered the rasha, one day you're going to fall prey to that rasha. And if you don't fall into his hands, nofel biyad banav, you'll fall into the hands of his children. And if you don't fall to the hands of his children, they'll be at Ben Beno, it'll be his grandchildren. The Yabarab brings an astounding proof from the story of Yirmiyah. In Yirmiyah's time, Yirmiyah prophesied about the destruction and about the Galut. But there was a false prophet called Hananiah, and he prophesied that in a short amount of time, he is going to bring the people back to Eretz Israel from Babel. That was a Nabi Sheket. Yirmiyah should have told Hananiah when he made that false prophecy, he should have told him, you're a shakran, you're a liar, it's not going to happen, the galut is not going to end that fast. Instead, he said something for the sort like, amen king yirasor, which means, I wish you were right, which the Gemara considers as a sort of uh, false flattery. Let's read it inside for us. Shneemar, vayomer Yirmiyah el Hananiah, amen king yirasor, Hashem. means, amen, let it be. That the exile will end. Yakim Hashem et Devarecha. Let's hopefully your words will come true. That you that you prophesied that the Kerim and the Jewish people are going to come back. And now really again, 
Rashi says, in his words, I'm quoting Rashi, shekir ataniba. He should have told him, you're a shakran. In any event, what does the Pesukim uh, little later on say? Because at that time over there, it was a war. The Kasdim were uh, sieging Jerusalem, and um, at that time, Yirmiyah wanted to leave the city. Not to make peace with the Kasdim, but he wanted to leave the city in order to settle a situation of one of his fields that he inherited in the area of Binyamin. In any event, it says that there was a order that nobody could leave the city because they were scared that um, they were going to make peace with the Kazdim. In any event, who was in charge of making sure nobody leaves the city? A fellow by the name of Yiriyah bin Shilamiyah bin Hananiah, which was the grandson of Hananiah, this false prophet. So the Pasuk says, Vesha Baal Pekidot Ushmo Yiriyah bin Shilamiyah bin Hananiah. He was the guard making sure nobody leaves. And Yirmiyah left and they caught him. Vayitpos et Yirmiyahu hanavi lemor el ha-kazdim atanofel. Vayomid Yirmiyahu shake. He says, no, I'm not going to speak to the kazdim. Enim neofel al ha-kazdim. I'm not going to the kazdim. I just want to go check out my field. However, the Pasuk says, Velo shama elav. He did not listen to Uchtim. Vayitpos Yirmiyahu vayitpos el ha-kazdim. And it says, they beat him up and they put him in prison for many days. So you see exactly what the Gemara said. Because he false flattered the grandfather, Hananiah, he ended up being taken, uh, falling into the, his son's, grandson's hands. Now, that she points out that this was a few days later, that she on the Amud Bet, Aleph Amud Bet, the bottom, that she on the Amud says, Le'achar kama yamin, haya yirmiya yotse mirushalayim lalechet eres bin yamin nachlok nachalat shenaflado v'tapsu yiriya v'yom elo lakazim atanofer. And therefore, you see, like exactly what Gemara said, because he false flattered the grandfather, he fell into the hands of the grandson. Any congregation that has in it this inyan of false flattering, it is disgusting, like a lady that is in nida, and therefore you should keep away. Just like the husband has to keep away from the nidah, so too people should keep away from a community that is involved in false flattery. That the community of false flatterers is galmud. That's the way they refer to a nidah. They call her a galmudah because she sits alone. Therefore, the Adat Hanef is Galmud. My Galmuda, Yimula Da Midbaala. The reason why Anida is called the Galmuda is because she is separated from the husband. Yimula Da. This one is separated Midbaala, hence Galmuda. Amar Amar Bi El Azar. Kol Aida, she is Mahanufa. The Sof Gola, a community that has in it this concept of false flattery. Eventually, it is going to become exiled. That the community of Hanfanim is Galmud. So 
So you see in the Pasuk, that talks about Galmudah, it says right after that, Goda, I am in exile. And if you see what? That somebody that is a Hanfan or a community that has Hanfanut eventually becomes Galmud. And what is Galmud? They are taken into exile. Comes the Gemara, says, Amar Bidmi Yabar Abba. Arba Kitot in the Kambelot Peneshechina. The Atib Lavod is going to be four groups that are not Zocheh to see the Shechina. The Peneshechina. What are they? Katletzin. Let's is a scoffer. Somebody that makes fun of everything. Anything that's important and significant, he discounts and makes light of. Kat Hanefim. That's the group that we talked about today, the false flatterers, that they give honor and they flatter the wicked. The Kat Shekarim, that is the group of the liars, people that lie. The Kat Nesapre Lashon Hara. And that group over there that speak Lashon Hara. Now, the, the Mephashim point out over here that this is uh, written, these four, in order of lighter to more stringent. Meaning the Katalitzim is the lightest of all of them. Then the Hansanim are worse, Shakranim are worse, and the worst of all is the Kat Nesapreh Lashonara. That's where the Benish High learned in the name of the Arizal. It's progressively getting worse. Kat Litzim. How do you know that the group of Litzim are not going to see the Shekhinah, the Khtib? Mashach Yado et Lotzitzim. God has removed his hand from the Litzim. Kat Hanfanim. How do you know they don't see the Shekhinah, the Khtib? Kilo Lefanav Hanef Yabo. Not in front of God is the Hanef going to come. Kat Shekarim, the Khtib. Dover Shekarim. Do Yikon Neged Arai. Somebody that speaks lies. Is not going to be established in front of my eyes. Kat misapre la shonara, also not going to kabel shikla dechtim. Kilo el hafetz resha ata. God, you do not want evil. Lo yehudecha ra. Pesuk is explaining like this. Sadiq at Hashem. God, you are a sadiq. Lo yagur b'mgurecha ra. In your dwelling, is not going to be these evil people. Now, who are these evil people? So that she says at the end of the Perek, Lo yagur emechara, vegabe mesaprem asonara kiti. That chapter over there in that uh, pasuk is, it's talking about people that speak masonara dikhtiv, vahu parashata ki en befihu nechonai, does not speak the correct words. So chas v'shalom, those four people lose out, they do not see the shekhinah la'atid la'buhadran alach elu ne'emarim.